You're listening to the Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 4, with your host, Brian J. Hatcher and Tony Slack. Watchers and welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. My name is Brian J. Hatcher, and with me, as always, is the Simon of my Garfunkel, the Hall to my Oats, Tony Slack. Oh, I'm an Oats. <laughs> awesome man. Oh, I'm the Oats. You're the Hall to my oh, Oats. I'm Daryl. Yeah, that's oh, okay. right. I'm Daryl Hall. Okay, well, there the ladies, go. the ladies dig Daryl. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think t- this week is going to be a DC week. Why I've, not? Yeah, absolutely. What's going on? A lot's going on in DC. First of all. Um, one of the reasons we normally record on a Monday, and we're trying to get this done early because Tony needs to get home because Gotham, the yes. season finale is yes. tonight. Yes, a two-hour finale too, and not too many shows actually run over into the month of June. We're usually done with you know our regular TV on Fox and ABC by May, but here we are, the first of June, two hours left of Gotham. Big stuff tonight, too, man. Oh, yeah. You sound excited. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, this whole season, anybody's been watching it, they know that they brought in the Court of Owls. Uh, they've mm-hmm. done a very interesting story uh, interlinking uh, the the Waynes being mm-hmm. actually murdered at the hands of the Court of Owls. Oh, okay. So, uh, very interesting story there. It's, it's made a lot of progress over the uh, year. And tonight, it all comes to a head with apparently the... Uh, the beginning of a new chapter, Ra's al Ghul. Oh, they're br- they're bringing that in. Okay, yeah, and I, I don't know what is the uh, the reasoning behind bringing him in, but I know the Court of Owls knows that he's on his way. Oh, yeah, and uh, I still don't know if they fear him, or if they respect him, if he's going to be there to take them out, or what's going on. I mean, you know, that name hasn't been brought up till last week. Oh, but, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great season of Gotham. I mean, they've uh, really developed the Riddler this year. Uh, the mm-hmm. Riddler is the Riddler now. Edward Nigma is not wanting to be that name anymore. He's he's leaving bombs and puzzles and riddles, and mm-hmm. he's got everything going for him except the actual question marks on the suit at this point. We're in okay. the green suit, got the the cane and the top hat. Looks awesome in character. Uh, Penguin, he has come along greatly. Uh, he's he is just an awesome character on that show. I mean, probably one of the best characters they've got. But all of them, Ben McKenzie's, uh, uh, Gordon, amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I couldn't say enough great things about the cast and about just the the large range of villains they've introduced this year. Uh, Mr. Freeze is just amazing on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Jada Pickett-Smith on there and her return as Fish Mooney. So okay. the show has just so much going for it right now. And I think they're about to like hit where they want to be i think season four is going to just knock it out of the park oh well it sounds sounds pretty exciting and yeah it'll be interesting to you know maybe we can spend some time next week uh talking about the season finale uh, th- and this is the last i think of the uh of the dc television season finales we've already you've yeah. already had pretty much everything else yeah and as i understand uh a lot of these uh series have these uh, seasons have ended pretty much with a kick in the feels oh yeah almost almost completely yeah it's been like you know what's going on here it's, it's almost like they're looking at a point where they might want to reinvent some of the uh, whole arrowverse as they call it on cw oh yeah I that's mean, what i heard yeah i mean supergirl kind of ended on a uh 
a good note. I mean, it mm-hmm. had some heartbreaking moments. Uh, nothing too noteworthy today, but, you know, uh, it was the return of Superman on there, which was awesome to see. We actually got to see the first battle between Superman and Supergirl, mm-hmm. and Supergirl knocked his lights out. <laughs> and he literally told her that he was going full strength, and you whoop my butt. You are you're the savior of mankind. Wow. So uh, it was a very impressive moment for fans of, of Superman and Supergirl. Uh, the Flash ended uh, with Barry being pulled into the uh, Speed Force. Yeah, I, uh, that's what I heard. I'm like, what? okay. Yeah. Well, you just kind of <laughs> your main character just left. Yeah, that's... he just he just left. But the, the cool thing is, we have Kid Flash that's there mm-hmm. now. Uh, we'll we'll see if he's going to step up and be a hero. And we've mm-hmm. got several other great characters on there, you know. And not to mention all these universes just mingle and mix. So who's to say Supergirl doesn't step in or Arrow doesn't step in yeah. to help out in his absence? Uh, but then we've got Arrow, which really just wanted oh to shock goodness. us by saying hey let's put ollie on a boat and let's kill everyone else oh yeah literally <laughs> oh yeah i i actually saw um a reaction video uh about that about that uh that ending and it's like the, the guy that was doing the uh the uh reaction yeah it's like after it happened it's like it's about about a minute of him sitting there staring at the TV, not saying a word, and then it just fades to black. Yeah, you're you're, you're a little bit upset. I mean, just every character literally is on this island, including the uh, return of Deathstroke, Manuel Bennett, mm-hmm. uh, who it was just amazing in this episode. I mean, I've already seen that there is an outcry for the, for the from the fans wanting a Deathstroke series that I really don't want to see. Because I don't want to oversaturate the DC Universe on television. Right. But I do want to see more of him on Arrow because he is just badass on there. I mean, he is Deathstroke from the comics. And what they did in this episode with him was actually made him the good guy slash bad guy. He had actually uh, been resolved of a lot of his sins. He had uh, Mm -hmm. faced his demons. And you felt like this character all of a sudden had hope. He's apparently got a son out there that Ollie has promise to help him find if he helps him save his son right so uh i think we've got a, a team up in the in the making there and it's it's one that can never be trusted between the two of them but true i think it's what the tv show needs well it's you just know a great addition it's just a, an interesting kind of an odd couple sort of situation yeah. and i know there was a i think there was a point in the season finale where you kind of got a, a, a little bit of a swerve where you thought you were kind of questioning death strokes uh, loyalties, yeah, because you thought he'd kind of turned on Ollie, yeah, and it turned out it was all part of Ollie's plan. So it, it really redeemed Deathstroke again because you was like, oh man, Deathstroke did it again. He just screwed the good guys over again, and then it's like, wait a second, that was Ollie's plan. He was supposed to punch him in the face and knock him out, and it, it, it was genius because they really made you just go back and forth on what's what's Deathstroke's objective here. Oh yeah, but in the end, he was loyal as far as we know. So. If they survive the island, which I'm pretty sure they will, yeah. I think we're going to see some Deathstroke next year, and I think it's going to be some pretty sweet action. Oh, it sounds good. Now, now my understanding also is John Berman's character yeah. uh, took one for the team. Yeah, not cool. Yeah. Merlin just uh, got taken out, Michael Merlin, and he got taken out by Boomerang. Yeah. So uh, that's okay, I guess, but it just the circumstances. I won't go into the details of it, but it was one of those deals where you knew that he was going to step up because it was his daughter that was in exactly was in jeopardy and uh, at that last second he just uh pretty much took the bullet and then waited for boomerang and some of his thugs to show up and then uh, sacrificed himself for the greater good 
Oh, yeah. Uh, but the good thing is John Berriman's character, Malcolm Merlin, is also uh, can be seen on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, time traveling. Oh, okay. So uh, who's to say we won't see a version of Malcolm from the past brought to present day? We've seen it many times with other characters on there. I mean, we've seen it with the reverse Flash. And uh, like I said, uh, they killed off the Black Canary, I think, uh, twice. And yet here she is again. Different versions, different alternate universe versions of these characters. But just because Malcolm Merlin's dead doesn't mean John Barrowman won't be back in this universe. Okay, well, that's that's cool. Yep. And so... Um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. They've already had that uh, season. Yeah, they, right? yeah, they did that quite early, and mm-hmm. uh, that was like, was that about? Would you say about the first of 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 the uh, season finales? Oh or? yeah, that was the the first of all the DC shows. It happened, I believe, in late April, and uh, pretty much their story ended with them messing with time so much that when they came back to where they thought was normal in the present, they uh, landed in Los Angeles, 2017. And from what I could see and understood, it was still Los Angeles, the way it looks now, but overrun with velociraptors and T-Rexes and other dinosaurs. <laughs> so uh, I don't somebody, know what happened. Somebody stepped on a butterfly. Yeah, big time. That's That so, had to be what it... So. so I'm really curious. I'm like, okay, uh, what happened here? Because the buildings were built mm-hmm. around the dinosaurs that apparently never expired. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll see. I mean, maybe dinosaurs are ruling the world. You know, it could be that type of thing. I hope not. Yeah, the, but uh, yeah, uh, there. Le- Legends of Tomorrow just turned into Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope not. <laughs> Let's hope I'm that sure. Is. I'm sure they've got a plan. Uh, true. I, I tell you, this this is a, a rather painful uh, time of the year because a lot of a lot of shows are now kind of coming to a close. I um so, sort of off the DC topic. Um, I. Uh, course i've been really ha- i've been really enjoying american gods yeah, yeah and they just posted two episodes to go and i'm I like know. what yeah, i haven't be- watched last night yet so I, well i'm not gonna i i'm not even going to begin to tell you thing uh it's starting to go down that's all i can oh, tell oh, it you. has to with only three episodes left or uh, two now oh yeah well um like i said i i won't i, I won't go in any any spoilers about it corbin benson's character is amazing that's all i'm gonna say and we do finally get to see, uh, we do get to see uh, Spanish Jesus. Nice. And uh, in, in an interesting se- uh, section that I won't, I'll, uh, okay. like I said, I won't go into. But yeah, Corbin uh, Corbin Benson uh, last night, he just it, an amazing, amazing character. Well, he's a great character actor. Everything that he's in, he just stands out. Whatever oh yeah, he does. and he really and he really does here. Like nice. I said, I'm not going to go into any kind of details, but yeah, um, I, like I said, it's a, I'm just. It's kind of a shock. I mean that we only have two episodes left because I mean obviously they're they've barely kind of de- dove into the book, and I kind of wondered how they were going to set everything up, how how they were going to space things out because of course you have this book and you have Anna and Nancy Boys and how they were going to, which is more like a, a prequel. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering how they were going to do the series, but apparently they don't. Um, this season is going to be a lot of kind of setting things up for yeah. for the war. Yeah, and so I mean, battle lines are being drawn definitely. Yeah. So, well, and the thing is, uh, yeah, a lot of our mainstream shows are over, but 
Summer's also a good time for us. I mean, oh, yeah. For fans of The Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead uh, began last mm-hmm. night. And uh, two episodes, and from what I understand, I haven't watched yet, there is one hell of a shocker in episode <laughs> yeah. two. If you care about those characters, I'm afraid we lost one last night. Yeah, yeah well, so, that's, well, that's, I mean, that when, when you're in a show that has Walking Dead in the title, just, just be prepared yeah. to, to get your heart broke. Yeah, yeah. You we know, got the, the, the strain coming up. I don't know if uh, we've got any fans out there that have watched that uh, show. This is the final season of it. Yeah. They literally dropped a nuclear bomb at the end of last season on New York City. So now uh, pretty much it's the survivors versus the vampires uh, for the ultimate survival. Yeah. Uh, so we've got that going on this summer. Uh, Game of Thrones, I mean, oh, yeah. right in the middle of, was it, July? Oh, yeah. That's coming back. So uh, there is some yeah, great the, TV coming up this summer. But, oh, yeah. Uh, Already the speculation about what the, what, the, uh, what the trailer means. I mean, of course... We just love to pick those things apart, don't we? Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, already the speculation has begun on uh, what the trailer means and what uh, what we, we may see in the next season. So, mm-hmm. Well, it looks like Drogon could pretty much just scoop up a, a mouthful of people at this point, the size they put on this dragon. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, well, he's, you know, healthy diet. Yeah, last time it looked like he could just pick a guy up and tear him in half. Now it looks like he could just pick up two or three guys and swallow yeah. them whole. Yeah, he, you know, by another season he'll be swallowing armies. It, mm-hmm. It'll be there. Yeah, and one more uh, show, really quick, just in a, it's noteworthy to me. It might be to you as Preacher returning to ABC oh, yes. this summer. I'm, I was a big, I'm a big fan of that show. Yeah. I mean, the the chemistry of of the uh, of the uh, characters in that show just been amazing. Yeah. Of course, now they've they've sort of wiped out an entire town where yeah. it was based out of it. Of course, now you're kind of in the point now where the comics really kind of yeah, take they're, over. they're moving to New Orleans this season. So, yeah. Uh, and it looks really interesting. Uh, you know, I, I've never read those comics. I, mm-hmm. I've always kept up with The Walking Dead, but not Preacher. So I'm kind of uh, flying blind watching this show. But man, from what I understand, season one was nothing but a prequel to the comics. Yeah. Kind of well, gave us a, 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 a source to come from. Exactly. Well, Garth Ennis is a writer. I mean, if you know anything about his writing in, in comics he is not afraid to just go into weirdo territory well, he did <laughs> oh yeah i mean that's that's just a i mean do it anybody out there who, who's not familiar with garth ennis do you know you know google him and it's just like he the work that he does and not just in preacher but in a lot of the comics yeah. that he does are is just very transgressive very let's let's see how we can stretch the you know the medium and uh, bring some stuff in it that you might not expect i mean that's just that's that's his mo completely yeah, that's, that's what he did with that uh, season one because the one episode that just stood out to me like if you can take a chance on bringing god to the show mm-hmm. and pull it off the way they did then uh, you're willing to take chances and i thought that episode was gonna be horrible as it started but when it was over i was like that really worked for this story. As insane as inc- crazy as that episode was, it really worked for the greater good of yeah. the whole story. Well, I mean, that's Garth Ennis, you know, for you. The, the whole the whole idea of hey, let's bring God into it is enough to kind of scare anybody off. You know, it's it's not like you you feel like, I mean, most anybody else would be like, well, we can't really pay that off, can we? Because no. that's just too too out there. You know, that's yeah. too much a jump in the shark. But they they paid it off in a really interesting way, yeah. and certainly in a way that will carry the story on. Yeah. So. It, it was a different take on it too. I mean, yeah, as a fan of Supernatural, mm-hmm. we're going into the thirteenth season, and every season has had to do in some way about God. We still haven't been introduced to that character, 
Yeah. I don't know if we ever will be. If oh, you yeah. have a show like Preacher that gets about six episodes in and says, here's God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I definitely love the show. It's uh, It's got a great feel to it, and I uh, can't wait till it gets started. Yeah, I'm, okay. definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, seeing what they do with this, this, this season. Yep. Well, we we did say this was uh, this was going to be a DC centric uh, podcast, uh-huh. and I'm trying to think. Is there really anything else DC that happened this week? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Was there something uh, else? There, uh, not that I know. Of. Uh, I, mean, I went to the movies. Oh yeah, what was it? A, a Wonder Woman? Yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, I remember. You better that. remember that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what wow. was? Uh, what happened there? Oh, good. What did? You know, did Warner Brothers finally make a decent superhero movie after all this time? Did that happen? I, I think they made more than a decent. I think wow. they made a top ten all time superhero yeah, movie. They did. Yeah. I it's like everything that I was you know everything I was worried about that, that where this movie might go off the rails absolutely didn't happen. It In never fact, went off the rails. It never once. It no. it never once. In fact, a lot of the stuff that they did where they took where I feel like they took some some chances, mm-hmm. they really it was it was done so deftly and so it was you know with such precision mm-hmm. and just really well i mean it, the fir- i mean right off the top i can i really say if anybody had any doubts of gal gadot as wonder woman uh, they've been laid to rest that that has been done yeah. well you know that's the thing um when it comes to actors being cast in superheroes uh there's one of two ways you can tell whether the, the actor is going to be really good at it uh, one is if the fanboys really love the casting, yeah. where, whether it's Ryan Reynolds as, as Deadpool, Deadpool. Yeah. or you have Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, you know when the Chris fan Pratt, I mean, Chris Pratt is Star Lord. Yeah, when when the fanboys really get behind a character, you know it's going to be great. The other one is if the fanboys absolutely hate the casting, mm-hmm. you know it's going to be great. Yeah. Well, you know Michael Keaton as Batman. Yeah. I mean there was so much hate poured on him. Yeah, and he really did a good job. And and, and same thing with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. People were like, ah, skinny skinny french model it's like okay she's not french she's israeli she's israeli so (laughs) it's also not gal gadot she's not french it's gal gadot yes with a very with a very authoritative t at the end but man is she she is wonder woman she absolutely she's so embodied that character yeah there's two wonder womans now i mean we've got linda carter yes television and we've got gal gadot which they couldn't have went with a better choice. I, I, that's I can't been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt with me. Oh yeah, I, I, I right now I, I couldn't see someone else doing that role right now. Mm-hmm. I really couldn't. And she just—I mean, she really knocked it out. I mean, she knocked it out of the park. Uh, Chris Pine, Chris amazing Pine. job as Steve Trevor. Oh yeah, and again, I mean, here you have—I mean, very often in in these movies, especially when you have like a strong female lead or a, a co-lead. Very often, movies will do something which I consider to be pretty sexist, which yeah. is they'll take the male character and they'll really dumb that character down. Now, yeah. that doesn't yeah. really offend me to the point of, well, I'm a male and that, yeah. if, you know, that offends me as much as it. It really just says, you know, if you don't dumb the male character down, it, they're just going to completely overshadow the female lead. You mean like Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well kind of sorta. Well, right? we're not. Well, let's let, let's let, let's let's I not mean, get off track. Let's not get off. I mean, we enough dirt's been kicked on that. It's yeah. like we'd have to kind of. 
dig up that dead horse to kick it yeah. around more. But I know where you're going with yeah. that. Yeah, but you know, the thing about it is, you know, we had, um, you know, we had a strong, strong female lead uh-huh. with Gal Gadot, and yeah. the thing is that. You know the writing and just just the acting alone allowed Chris Pine to just absolutely just you know in some pl- cases they'd say you know that sometimes he'd he you know he could steal a, you know he could be a scene stealer, but the thing about it is with he, Gal Gadot uh-huh. he shared everything. Yeah, exactly. It's like she, you know, you didn't have to you didn't have to hamstring Steve Trevor no. so that Wonder Woman could shine. I mean, she had no problem, just no. absolutely. You know, she was she was the star of the movie, and not and at no no time was she not. No, and they played off each other perfectly. Never oh. seen they had together right till the very end. I mean, they mm-hmm. they had a, a great connection as characters uh, who you know really cared about each other in this movie and mm-hmm. you cared about them as a couple mm-hmm. and you know we got to see their characters develop over the movie yes and yeah it just uh those two were just amazing in this movie oh absolutely and you know and the thing about it is i i there's been a lot and i, I unfortunately i'm probably i'm going to have to talk about ghostbusters for a minute oh man uh, for just a second i'm sec- sorry well just because a lot of the stuff that Wonder Woman's going through, Ghostbusters kind of went through just yeah. because of this this whole issue with, you know, women involved. I mean, in Ghostbusters, you didn't have a woman. You didn't have a woman director. Paul no. Feig, yeah. you know, uh, directed it. Yeah. But we have a, you know, in this situation, you've got a, you've got a female lead. You got a female director, yeah. who I who um you know just absolutely just knocked it out of the park. If yeah. there was any doubt whether or not, you know, f- you know, females can lead movies, females can direct films, I mean, obviously that's, you know, that's that's t- gone. Yeah, that's been thrown out the window, that theory, because now there's another director out there who's really, really proven herself as as oh a superhero God. director. And she's already won Academy Awards. Yeah, for I Monster. Mean, for yeah. Monster, absolutely. So, you know, it's not like she had anything to prove. Oh, yeah. But she's doing Wonder Woman now, and she proved that it's not just a superhero movie. She made a good movie. And absolutely, yeah, she, she certainly did. And the thing is, she was, if I recall correctly, I think she was, she was tapped to direct... Uh, Thor Dark World and really yeah and and wound up not doing it and I think in a real sense this may be one time that Marvel might have dropped the ball on that one because yeah. I think yeah you know, not saying anything about how how it was eventually directed but yeah. I'm just thinking oh man there it could have yeah. been it could have been something now, what could she have done with Thor but you know what Thor looks like it's gonna be amazing anyway this year. Oh, so, I think so. I and think I'm so. so glad that she stuck with Wonder Woman because DC needed to be saved, and Wonder Woman saved them this weekend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it. Um, they're looking at 100 million, definitely. Yeah, yeah this they, they already surpassed the uh, income that was brought in the same weekend for Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's a pretty cool bragging right for DC to have because this is one time where they came out on top, and I'm yeah. proud of them. This is the movie. I mean, this is a movie that. And it's like we talked about before. Justice League, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And there's not like there's going to be a whole lot of changes being made to this film because, I mean, it's already mostly in the can. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Joss Whedon was brought in to shoot some some extra yeah, scenes. Fine tune it. 
to fine tune it. Yeah. Although they're not they're not really going to change things, but honestly, and believe me, I'm not going to be upset if it does well. Yeah, certainly if it's able to to capitalize on on the momentum that Wonder Woman has given it, because I mean, certainly a great deal of momentum. Yeah. And uh, but the thing is, I think. For Warner Brothers, if they're smart, they're gonna they're gonna make Wonder Woman their north star. Yeah. That's that's the bar. Yeah. Wonder Woman has set the bar for the DC films, well, and uh, and uh, in a real sense, I would say even yeah. even the uh, the Marvel films they need to kind of step up because yeah. the thing about it to me is now DC has done something that Marvel hasn't done. Yeah, yeah, a, a female led superhero movie that's extremely popular yeah. and as. And don't get me wrong, I, you know, Captain Marvel may be a really good film, yeah, yeah. but not a lot of people know that character. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I mean, it's certainly not the popularity of a Wonder yeah. Woman. So, yeah, if Marvel would uh, even take a character they haven't used at all yet, like She-Hulk. Yeah, I mean, just because you've got the Hulk name attached, you're going to get an attraction to it. But you know, She-Hulk is a, a totally different story than Bruce Banner's story, and it's something that they could create if they chose yeah. to do so. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even sure if Black Widow is a character that I would care to see a whole movie about. Yeah. I mean, well, I love Scarlett Johansson. But, oh, yeah. But we, you, they need their Wonder Woman now. Yeah, they, they, they certainly do. And one thing that, that D, of course, DC has, besides the fact that Wonder Woman is, that, that Wonder Woman is probably the most recognizable female superhero. Oh, no doubt. In all of comics. But one thing you may notice from from Marvel is a lot of their female characters tend to be uh, gender swapped versions of other characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, all, I mean, not com- not all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the mutants like Storm, for example, yeah. not not that case. But out of the mutant, which of course Marvel can't use at this point yeah. because yeah. because Fox has all of them. Yeah. But for the most part, when you think about female heroes in um, the Marvel universe, in the Marvel universe, they they're just sort of just gender swapped male for you know, female versions of the male characters. Even even Captain Marvel yeah. started out as Miss Marvel, yeah. and the original Captain Marvel was a male, mm-hmm. you know, who who wound up in the comics dying of cancer. Yeah. So one of the big things too that. Yeah, you got to think about with the Marvel female heroes is they're Mm -hmm. always a part of a team. Yes, Wonder Woman didn't start out a part of a team; she became part of a team as DC Comics got bigger and bigger. Yes, and brought along the Justice League. But when you think about the heroes in the Marvel universe, there's really no standalone females from the beginning, like Wonder Woman, that has developed into their own right. Uh, They're part of the X Men. They're part of Fantastic Four. You know, all of them are a part of another team. Yeah, and here's something else too, which about the not necessarily about the film itself but something that I that I noticed that I found interesting and this this comes to marketing because and and I had said this uh Kevin Pauly and I do a we do a uh uh a review show called The Real Deal and we've gotten yeah. to, to where we're doing like live Facebook feeds after we see a movie and we yeah. talked about we talked about Wonder Woman and one of the things I think that we that that we really discussed um, in that show was about how much you know Wonder Woman would. I wasn't. I, I said that I wasn't sure whether Warner Brothers 
had learned their lessons from three films that didn't do as well as they had hoped, yeah. or if they didn't have the faith enough in Wonder Woman to micromanage it. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, they really dropped the ball in advertising this film. I mean, oh, yeah. it's like, I think fi- there was like maybe five or six versions of the Wonder Woman trailer where yeah. at about the same time there was like 30 different versions of of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. But I will say I will say this. One thing that I remember kind of thinking to myself was I really hope that Wonder Woman does well, but I don't think it's gonna be like a situation where you're gonna see like Wonder Woman's sword as a toy somewhere for girls to you know, to be able to play with oh, because people don't but it is. Yeah. I was in I was in Books a Million yeah. and it wasn't a pink sword with little with little flowers no, or an electronic sword that clangs it, and exactly. bangs when you swing it <laughs> and i was ab- and that made me so happy yeah. i can't tell you just how how happy that made me yeah and as a guy with two granddaughters you know i've already bought them both the uh, wonder woman barbie i mean and my grandson he's going to get the uh, steve trevor figure you know yeah. it's, it's also a barbie but you know Hey, I'm cool. Exactly. Grandpa yeah. will get him one. But yeah, the thought that you know that that, that young women can have the sword and the shield yeah. to play with, I think that's that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, one other thing here, just to make note of it, is this is the first time where, you know, let's and this isn't a, a knock at Ghostbusters again, but it just when the Ghostbusters merchandise come out, it it was neutral to boys and girls. You know, it was themed to both, even right. though the movie was uh, female character driven. But Wonder Woman is a female character, a strong female character, right. and they're actually marketing to the little girls and letting them know, here's your superhero, and they're at least they're getting that right. I really, oh, yeah. I really like that. And you know, I think it's a, that to that point, I think this is something where Marvel needs to definitely take. Yeah. They need to work on that because, and I mean, the, we'll just drag this up because this is this is the one point that everybody keeps making is when they had the uh, when they had the um, Age of Ultron playset that had all the heroes you know they take black widow off the motorcycle and put uh, and put captain america on it i mean he was he didn't ride the motorcycle it was black widow yeah and that was a key moment in the movie it was a key moment forgot in the movie. about it because i was like ah the kids want captain america they don't want black widow who, yeah, exactly. black who? yeah exactly it's and, like and, so yeah. where's all you know where's all the black widow mer- merch you yeah, know exactly yeah martin you know hopefully I mean, I can't say that one movie is going to completely change the way Hollywood and 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 studios are going to look at things. That's a good start. But hope, yeah. I mean, I I would not be disappointed if that happens because mm-hmm. it, we've gone on long enough mm-hmm. with, you know, with not having you know strong female characters in mm-hmm. front of the camera, talented female uh, female directors behind the camera. I mean, obviously, it does work. Yeah, it's it it. It, it absolutely does work, and I mean, certainly Wonder Woman has proved that. So let's, you know, my my hope, of course, is that uh, that this is going to be the beginning of some really good stuff, not just for Warner Brothers, yeah. but you know, just in you know, just in genre movies oh, yeah, in general. Because now that DC has proven that this can be done, yeah, what I hope is it expands DC's horizons. I hope that when the Flash and Aquaman come out, and even Cyborg, if that movie mm-hmm. comes together, that these movies are going to be fun superhero movies. They're not going to take themselves so seriously. Because Wonder Woman was a serious movie, don't get me wrong. They were fighting yeah. the Germans in World War One, 
but they still had fun doing it because a comic book is supposed to be fun. A comic book's not supposed yeah. to make you brood and frown and get upset. You want yeah. to cheer for these heroes. And, and this movie made us cheer. Yeah, and you know the thing about it is I know they tried to they tried to bring some levity into Suicide Squad, but yeah. I mean the jokes definitely felt forced. Yeah. You know, they felt like they were they were stuck in there, like they, they nailed them into the board. You yeah. know, they were like yeah. nails into a board. But what the the humor in Wonder Woman developed organically i mean it made sense it was i mean it felt so i mean it felt so natural it felt like it 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 developed out of the story it wasn't something somebody was trying to stick in because you know they'd read in some they'd read somewhere that people wanted their 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 superhero movies to be lighter and so we better stick some jokes in there yeah Uh, these uh, jokes came naturally i mean the two funniest moments in the uh, movie to me, without going directly into him, it came between Wonder Woman and Steve. Yeah. Uh, once was when he stood up out of a spa with nothing on at all. Yeah. And uh, the other one was when they were laying in the boat right before they got to Britain. Oh, yes. And uh, it, just, it was these little conversations that I heard people clapping and slapping their knee and laughing during these things. Oh, yeah. And I was, too. So it was really good to see that this was a fun world. Well, you know, and something else, too, I'll just say briefly, is that, of course, part of part of the humor comes from this fish out of water. Yeah. Uh, situation that Wonder Woman finds herself in. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is there's a parallel because Steve Trevor turns, he's the fish out of water when, yeah. when they're in Themyscira, uh-huh. and then it switches, and Wonder Woman's sort of the fish out of water. But yeah. normally, it done, when, fish out of water tends to be done really badly because what you do is you have a character that you make them very naive and kind of foolish, and it's yeah. like they've lived in this idyllic situation where they don't know how, quote, unquote, the real world works. Yeah. And in, in this situation, it wasn't that way. I mean, Wonder Woman, she wasn't naive or she no. wasn't foolish. It's like she was in a she was in a different world. That, in some ways, what you know, her situation, in some cases, makes makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, you know? and with her, one of the big things where she just took note herself as the character was the fact that uh, this was, you know, what was this, like 1918, 1920? Right. And the women of that time were held back. They weren't allowed to vote. They were right. expected to dress and act a certain way. And here comes a strong, powerful woman who was like, yeah, this is ridiculous. This, this, is, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. and, and here's something else, too, and i got to say this also, is that it could have been so easy for a movie that's trying to trying to deliver some kind of message to turn off turn out really preachy yeah and that's happened a lot yeah. in films but the thing about it is not saying that they really to to use a quote you know hid their light under a bushel i mean yeah. they they made some really interesting statements they certainly talked about the world at that time and they certainly made a lot of points but they were able to do it with such finesse you didn't feel like you were getting that you were getting ham-fisted. Yeah. Oh, you know, the, see how terrible women had it back then. Yeah. I mean, you knew, you definitely knew, and you understood how stupid that that was. And, yeah. But again, you could make the. It was, you know, Patty Jenkins, the director, and and the, you know, along with the screenplay, they were able to make those points and make them really well. Without it coming off as you know confrontational, she she felt that she could she could say those things 
without just absolutely screaming him at the top of her lungs. She was able to get her her points across in a really powerful way, I thought. Oh, yeah, and she was raised on an island full of women. She had nothing to compare to. I mean, it oh, was, yeah. she was on an island where everyone was treated equally, everyone was treated with respect. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden she was put in the real world where... Well, know, the so-called real yeah. world. Uh, just a different world, yeah. really. Yeah, it, what, what it was. It was a different world 100 years ago, and that's the world they brought her into. Oh, exactly. And the thing is, she... It didn't. It didn't lessen her at all. No, it didn't. It, it, I mean, she, you know, it wasn't like, well, now that you're in this world, you can't do this and that. Well, actually, she turned into a character that I would think that during that time with this setting, women would strongly be looking up to her and be oh, like, exactly. "Hey, we want to vote now, okay? Let's let's have that election." Exactly. <laughs> because if this chick can do this stuff, oh, oh yeah, I'm using the word chick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, and, and the thing about it too is. Of course, there's that there's that one scene that shows up in the trailer where she she comes out of the trench, and of course, I don't want to. Again, if you've not seen the film, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil a whole lot of it. Yeah. But that scene, that of course in the trailer, was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Holy cow! When you see it in context, so much more important, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's it's such a powerful moment, yeah. and um, I mean, more than one person, uh, you know, on Twitter online, they said that they that it made them cry. Yeah. And I can definitely see that because it's such a powerful moment, and yeah. it's especially if you're a, especially if you're a woman to see something like that in film. Yeah, it's just amazing. And yeah. I'm, I'm to me, I, I mean, all I all I can definitely say is Wonder Woman definitely needs to be Warner Brothers North Star yeah. when it comes to when it comes to these type of films. And I mean, certainly if you know if Warner Brothers can't figure out after after the box office this film's going to make that hey. I think we're on to something now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then, yeah, who know, knows? I, Maybe they'll take this inspiration and they'll take more chances uh, with their characters. I mean, we see where Marvel's at now. We went to movies like Ant-Man where we're having Wasp. Who's to say that DC can't now start saying, let's let's do a Hulkman, a Hulk girl movie. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm game for all that. I love Justice League. It's oh, what yeah. I was raised reading in the comics more than Marvel. So I'm excited because I think this was a turning point for DC and yeah. Warner Brothers. And you know, I think so. And you know, the thing about it is, again, uh, to kind of, I know you know everybody in the past may have, may have accused me of being a Marvel fanboy, and I, I said you know Wonder Woman, yeah. you know if Wonder Woman scores big, you know I'll be the first to say yeah. it. And well, you know she did. And but it's not again, it's not a loss for for Marvel. No, you know as much as at the you know. She's kind of on the other foot, where yeah. you know Marvel was scoring big with their films, yeah. and uh, you know their their successes weren't failures for Warner Brothers. You know, and and yeah. it, it goes the other way around. It's like, yeah. you know, the rising tide rises all the boat, yeah. raises all the boats, yeah. and I think that the strength of this, the strength of of Wonder Woman is going to, I think, can really help Warner Brothers, and I think it it can also inspire Marvel. Yeah. To 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 do an even better, yeah. especially to do better to their female characters, yeah. because I'm not saying that you know that they've done altogether bad, but yeah. I think they certainly have room to grow, yeah. and I hope that that Wonder Woman can be that catalyst that that makes Marvel step their game up when it comes yeah. to these these females. Absolutely. So, so uh, well, we're about at thirty eight minutes at this point. So, is there anything else that you want to? Uh, uh. I think I'm good at this. Point. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think, I think there's... Uh, we uh, gave Wonder Woman her her fair dues. Oh. I mean, it just well, I, I'm going to go see it again next weekend. I mean, it's 
Oh, yeah. Uh, it set the bar high for this summer because it's kind of like uh, when Winter Soldier came out a couple of years ago, Captain America, the second one. It set a, a really high bar for the rest of that summer, and yeah. I thought that was the best of what I saw that summer, and I'm afraid Wonder Woman might be the best of what we see this summer. Yeah. I, I challenge movies to be better. It's going to be tough. It's going to take a lot. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough, you know, definitely. So, But uh, I tell you what, it's, it's a great time to be a geek, absolutely. Yep. No problem geeking it out here, my friend. No, no doubt. So so that's that'll be it for this week's episode of Geek Watch Podcast. And so for uh, Tony Slack, this is Brian J. Hatchers telling all of you uh, to uh, stay geeky, my friends. Take care, guys. <laughs>